Hi everyone and welcome to the Shop Still Podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. This is episode number 35. My name is Robin Lewis from RobinLewisMakes.com and I'm joined by Jordan Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. Hello. We live stream the recording on YouTube every Tuesday evening at 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time or UTC plus 10. Or you can watch or listen to it later on YouTube, iTunes or SoundCloud. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We'll get to your questions and comments towards the end of the show, but feel free to chat amongst yourselves. The idea being that this is also a place for people to meet. So we have one announcement tonight, and it's a very, very special announcement. And anyone who's been following the show for the last couple of weeks has seen this coming for a while. Our third co-host, Joey Chalk, is not going to be joining us tonight because he is at home looking after his very young new daughter, who goes by the name of Gemma. Oh, Gemma. Uh, yeah, so uh, just a very big congratulations to him and his, and his wife. Um, yeah, they've, this, this bubs has been uh, supposedly popping out any day now for, it seems like, the last two <laughs> weeks. So I'm sure he's pretty relieved to finally have met her. And yeah, we just, Jordan and I just want to wish him well and hope that the, the paternity leave is going very well. All one day of it that you get. Yeah, because that's right, because he said he was just going to try and get back to work as, as quick as possible. Yeah, well, when you're self-employed, you don't get money <laughs> if you're not working. So, Well, he said in, he said in an email to Jordan and I that it's, uh, it's a bit chaotic at the moment with um, Theo, his other little boy, who is three. So I reckon these next couple of weeks are going to be pretty testing as they work, you know, as the family works out the dynamic. The next time you see Joey on this video, he'll have grey hair and his beard will be patchy and everything will just be going wrong. <laughs> what have you been working on, Joey? Nothing. I've been working on nothing. <laughs> I can't do anything. I've been working on raising these kids. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's get into what we've been working on this week. So, Jordan, you're in a, in a very different um, location tonight, which I must say looks so much better. Why don't you normally... Um, sit there and, and give us that view. Oh, usually it's pretty cold. Um, so that's that's the main reason is that out <laughs> here it's a big unheated workshop, whereas in my office it's at least got a little panel heater. Um, but yeah, what have I been working on? Last week, I don't remember what I even said, but this week I have had a few jobs come through the door, but none of which are in a rush, which is kind of annoying. So uh, I have got a client that's come to me wanting a base made up for an existing existing stone top that they have for, to use oh, as a dining yeah, you table. you mentioned that last week. Yeah. Um, okay, so I did mention that. So they've come back and they also now want matching coffee si uh, coffee tables um, and tables or just bases. Just bases. Great. Yeah. Five dollar customer. These ones are. So, so we, we didn't actually we didn't actually uh, dive into that last week. Why is why is that such a bad thing? Is it just because it's a very cheap job? Well, I mean, it's it's about perceived value. So, people will look at a dining table and they're willing to pay more for a dining table because it looks like it should cost a lot. But when they're supplying the top. And there's a couple of hundred dollars, not even, uh, in materials on the base, but still a similar amount of labor. You can't really price it in the same way because people aren't willing to pay it. And I guess I could also argue the fact that, well, if you don't want the job, just don't price it. Mm. Um, 
But I mean, that that's the argument of if you don't take that job on, then you're potentially missing out on a repeat client. And it turns out yeah. these guys are a repeat client, but just for the same stuff. It's <laughs> the wrong job again. Yeah. Exactly. So like, obviously it could have worked out well, but it didn't work out as well as it could have. Mm. Um, so that's, that's what it is. And I mean, at the end of the day, right now, I'm in a bit of a restructure, as everyone knows, of, mm. of changing direction a little bit. So these small jobs, which don't take a huge amount of time, are probably good in reality. I'd like instead of building, you know, a full built-in bookcase or whatever, this is probably a better job to have come in my door. Yeah, give you a breather. Um, but it's still kind of annoying because it's not like I'm working. The last several jobs have felt like I'm working for charity. Like, you know, it's just I'm not charging enough to cover my time. I mean, I'm not losing money, but it's not like I'm making money. And it's just really not a feeling that makes you want to be driven to keep pushing forward with mm. that style of business, if if that makes sense. Does that? Yeah, I'm sure it yeah. does. Now, can't you just, uh, because, the, because of that perceived value on the table, can you not just compensate for that and bring the price of the the table legs up or do you uh, would they turn around immediately and say well that's way too expensive is you know would they see through it too easily um well you know there's two things i'm charging a fair price uh so i'm building the base for the just just the base for the dining table at 925 dollars all up which is you know it's not too bad um and that is because the first design they wanted, which was the trapezoidal base, which is already on my website, it just mm. wouldn't work for the amount of chairs they wanted to have around that table. And then they came back to me with this different design, and then that was my kind of chance to say, well, it's going to be more work. I'm going to charge a bit more, and we'll see how it goes. And then I provided that new quote, and I didn't hear anything back from them for a while. So I thought, well, that's that answer. No, you can't charge more. Uh, but then all of a sudden they came back to me saying, hey, can you send through your bank details? We'll put the deposit down. So it's, it's also the thing of I don't want to charge more than I would be happy to pay if mm. I was in it. Like I don't want to be overpricing myself, but I also don't want to underprice myself. And if I think it's a ripoff, then obviously I'm not working to like my own standards. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess I could. I, it, it just seems like it's one of those things where um, I'm trying to think of an example in the, the commerce world. You are kind of taking a hit by taking on that job because of that, that loss of value, whether it's perceived or not. So you are well within your rights to put on a bit of tax because you are, you're going to be making a, a, a loss, however big that loss is. Mm. Yeah, and and I think that's the thing. And all like all in all, I'm a little bit um, over the whole everything custom build at the moment. So I, I'm just taking on what I need to stay afloat. So probably not mm. the best method, but it's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, um, as if you're watching the the live stream, you can see behind me that there's been a few changes in the workshop as well and i've been doing a fair bit of hours after well after hours just getting this place kind of ready to open the doors eventually for students to come in so i'm making the whole space feel a little bit more um presentable and also uh what's the word robin uh showcasey 
maybe the word presentable um, presentable yeah why not uh so that has been a whole heap of work uh yeah this is also a week where well one week from today i will be at the perth wood show um, oh yeah and that's going to be pretty full on uh so basically starting wednesday i will be the truck driver, the demoer, the loader, the everything and anything you can for TimberCon over here in Perth. And we will be setting up at the convention center. And then I think it starts on Friday, the actual event. And Friday, mm. Saturday, Sunday. And all three of those days, I'll be there um, demoing, sharpening, hand tools, some other stuff with a few of my mates, which is going to be fun. And then I get to pack it down and then I'll be back in the shop on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, but that should be good, though. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna hopefully meet a lot of interesting people and and fly the shop stall podcast flag. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I've got, I've still got the cards and the and the uh, what's it called? Yeah, uh, good stuff. We'll have all of that there and be like, well, if you're interested, come on down. I know this isn't my uh, business here, but shh, don't tell anyone. Take the card. <laughs> take the card. So, are you working for TimberCon essentially? Uh, basically, yeah. Mm. So, I'm. Yeah, like a contractor, basically. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. been looking at their, um, uh, some of their products, their tools recently. Them, it's uh, TimberCon, Carbotech, and Hafco. TimberCon seems to be regularly cheaper than the other two in most of the tools. Yeah. Is, uh, is, is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say, but they're basically... I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure they're all the exact same thing, just painted a different color. Oh, yeah, you can see it. It absolutely um, is. So I've been looking at the um, the 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 belt sanders. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the belt sander, you know, on, on the sort of the wide bed. It's one of those combination. It's got the, the belt and then the small oh, disc. Yeah, yeah. So it's the exact same one, maybe minus a, di a slightly different dust port size that sort of thing and other than that it's exactly the same the other one was the overhead those dust filtration boxes that you hook up to the ceiling oh yeah yeah again basically the same thing but yeah TimberCon is is always cheaper and they're doing some really cool things like they've got a new range of cnc routers which is pretty cool and then i mean i know carb tech have as well but they're basically doing the same thing there, but they're also getting all these cool products that everyone sees in America, but now they're getting them in Australia. So they've got the ah. gripper stuff and now they've got this um, automated dust collection. So you just plug it in line on one of your tools and then it will automatically turn your dust collector on with the switch and it will open blast gates and all that sort of stuff. And it's like yeah. all stuff that we've looked at all these American guys using and drooled over, but not being able to get here and finally, it's, it's coming. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to kind of get behind them as long as they keep doing what they're doing, which is improving and getting more range. I think they're onto a winner. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully this weekend will be interesting, and I'm hoping that on Tuesday you're going to come back and say, I met all these interesting people who want to, who want to start not doing business, but, you know, making connections. So, yeah, hopefully that's something comes of that. Yeah. While we were talking about the boards in the background... Yeah. Um, I can see some skeletons of the, the boards. Is that what you're talking about? That's the part of the kits? Yeah, so the skeletons that you can see there, that's the frame kits. So that's the, you know, the shipping item. And then 
below them are the boards and that's what you'd come here to build or you get the wood yourself and build it in your own workshop. Now the, side, the thickness of the wood that goes over that frame, that must be what, under 10 mil? Six mil, preferably. Yeah, okay, so it's yeah. quite thin, yeah. Yeah, so I mean you can go thinner, but then you have to go up in your weight on your fiberglass. Um, so, ah, yeah, so you've still got a fiberglass over the top of that to give it yeah. the strength. Okay. Yeah, yep. I mean it's not, it's not actually the strength, it's more waterproofing. Because glues and stuff, if you don't, don't get perfect seams, then it's hollow. So, <laughs> not, not for long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't have glasses. Soon it's a really big flask. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, that, so that, that frame takes a lot of the, the weight. Yeah, totally. Essentially a big, giant torsion box. Mm. Cool. All right. So you've been um, redoing the shop. How are the lights going? Lights are going well. Um, you can see I'm well lit. Uh, I need some more, but you know, can't be a, can't be rushing the guys that are giving me the lights. So I'll just have to wait until they've got them down. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I did start working on a big 1.2 meter wide single piece Jared table um, just to get done, and that has been really annoying because it's heavy and dusty and. And my sinuses are killing me. So, yep, that's it. What about you? <laughs> so this week, I so I've been working on this this uh, this wood sheath for my new kitchen knife that I talked about last week to oh, go I into. So I think I mentioned last week the problem with having a really big knife is what where, where do you put a big knife? It was so big that it doesn't fit into my cutlery drawer, so I don't really have anywhere to put it, and I don't want it to be one of those, those, those kitchen utensils that you just chuck into the, generally the second or third drawer down in, in mm. most kitchens around the world. So I wanted to make something that I could protect it in, but I also wanted it to be something nice. So, you know, not just chuck it in a Ziploc bag or something like that, make it something nice. So I ended up getting this, uh, taking some fairly soft wood because I thought I'd use soft wood so that the the um, so that the blade is always protected. I mean I know the difference between a soft wood and a hard wood against stainless steel is pretty negligible. But you know what I really tried with this build is everything that went into it. There was there was a bit of thought behind it. You know it was a simple build but put the thought in. Yeah. And, and um, so I sandwiched two. I sandwiched a piece of cypress pine that I milled myself. Um, well, not milled myself, but I cut the tree down and had it milled. Uh, when was it? Would have been February last year. So it's it's basically dry. I think it was down to about 12% uh, yeah, moisture. Sandwich that between two pieces of Maranti, and the cypress is the shape of the blade of the knife, so it slides in and, and sits in perfectly. Mm. Then in the Maranti, I. Um, sunk some magnets, some neodymium magnets, so it literally just slides in and then holds the knife. So it's a pretty straightforward construction, but then what I did is the last step was I wanted to add some uh, some decorative bling. Bling, yeah, let's call it some decorative wood bling to it. And I've taken a th another piece of that cypress and wrapped it around the you know as, as an inlay wrapped it round but at a slight angle so it's sort of at, it's at a 10 degree angle and it wraps around so it 
it got a little bit complicated for for me because I, I I don't normally do this stuff. It's been a while since I've done this. Where you, I had to be cutting forty five mitres, yeah, but at a ten degree compound angle. So, whew, it's uh, <laughs> it yeah, hurt my brain a bit. That's hard to actually get good as well. Compound angles are like the brain f from hell. Yeah. So so luckily, what what did work in my favor was that this was maybe five mil stock. So mm-hmm. even though it wasn't perfect, when I then put the 45 chamfer around all the corners and sanded it, it kind of all just blended together. Yeah, right. It's not, I mean, it's certainly not perfect, but it's, it's close enough. But it, it definitely showed me that the way I cut the, um, the, the slot for those inlays to sit in, you get this weird compound angle on the corner where it, where it wraps around, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, add, I didn't think about that in the the actual inlay pieces that I used. So yeah, bit of bog will fix that up though. You'll a bit be right. of epoxy and wood glue later, and you, and you wouldn't yeah. even know. So yeah, there you go. So that's what yeah, I'm working on this week. And I've done uh, something similar to that. Yeah, you go. I'm sorry, um, I just lagged a little bit. I've done something very similar to what you're saying with that wraparound inlay, but it just didn't work. So I ended up using epoxy for the whole thing in that occasion. And I said, that's exactly how I meant to make it. That's actually a really good idea to yeah. just do, use it and do epoxy. Yeah. I didn't yeah, even think of I mean, that. It was because I messed up, but it worked out really <laughs> well in the end because it looked the part. I must say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel particularly happy selling this because of those those mistakes like i i'm not too fussed by it and you know some people would argue they'd be okay with it as well but i certainly wouldn't feel happy um yeah put it putting that out putting a, a, a figure on that because but it's yeah. also your number one so you just say that's prototype next one will be better yeah well yeah and exactly yeah. and yeah so uh finished that today and almost have the video done for it so i've just got to do some of the the sexy shots at the end, and then I'll have that ready to go. It has been so cool to do, to release a video last week, and now I'm going to release a video this week. I haven't done that in like forever. Cause that I just, is a foreign concept. What is this? <laughs> I know, right? Being able to put out two videos in two weeks. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Good on you. I can't wait to get more into videos again. Like I'm itching to get more content out and I'm hoping that this whole thing will actually allow that. There's going to be heaps to show. And it's funny because I'm working on a project A that I'm enjoying and B that for the most part went well. I got into editing last night and I was enjoying the edit because now this entire process, you know, the, the, the project and uh, you know, how it was going, how it was turning mm. out. That all was working so well. So the edit, I can see in myself, in the, the, the footage, that I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. It, it looks yeah. good. Do you find that um, the, what am I trying to say? So the, the last video you put out was making the knife, and then this video is something to accommodate the knife. Like, it, does that kind of transition from video to video of storytelling kind of make it even better? Because... I imagine it would have to add something to it. It's, that's an interesting point because when I started this video, I thought, do I make this a, well, when I started the edit, I should say, do I make this a standalone video so it can hold up as a 
wood sheath for a kitchen knife? Or do I follow it on like you say, in the, in the mm. hopes that I'm gonna suck people into the original video? I ended up going with the first route just because I thought it's, you know, it's, it's something that you could make for any knife. Yeah, true. But more than that, I wanted to give it its own feel. So the kitchen knife is very much, it's a uh, King Post Timberworks. I'm explaining the story. It's, it's, it's you know, pretty, um, what's the word, functional in terms of yeah. video. Whereas this one, no talking, all music, a little bit of text on the screen to explain some of the stuff. It's all about the tone. So um, I wanted to have that. What, where my thought was going was this is a quite a simple project. So instead of being focused on the actual project and not on the video, I'm going to worry more about the video because mm. I can. No, oh, good. The, the next project that I've got coming up is that split level coffee table. So I know that I'm not going to want to be concentrating on a video while I do this because <laughs> it's going to be hurting my brain. Uh, so, yeah. so I thought I'd have a bit of creative fun with this one. Yeah, I still want to see some sketches of that split. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was meant to email it to you guys. Yeah, yeah, you, you stood me up, man. What I've decided I'm going to do, so I've got in my SketchUp file, I have my image that I sent to the client, in this case, my in-laws. I've then got my revised image, which is the, the measurements weren't you know, quite correct. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, hang on, I've got to mill all of this timber down to, you know, because it's all... It's all got rounded corners and stuff, so I need a millet yeah. first. So I'm going to then have a third one with the, the most accurate <laughs> measurements. So when I do that, I'll send that to you guys. Yeah, do it. And I need to see it. Yeah. So that's hopefully going to get started this week. And um, what else did I do? I had a window arrive this week for my toilets. So part of the toilet bathroom renovation, um, <laughs> something I've worked out. Just it's everything was a learning curve on this. Everything was a, 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 a learning step. When you build, the windows are supposed to go in pretty early. That's, I, I would imagine you put the frame up and then you get the windows in. So the way I've done my renovation is I did everything and then left the windows till last and then realized, hang on, I can't, until the window goes in, I can't put on the window trim. And until the tr window trim goes in, I can't tile up to the, win up to the trim. So just total ass about face, the way I yeah. did it. Anyway, the, the last piece in the puzzle was the toilet window, um, which I've picked up now. So the, the bathroom windows were all done. That's all done, you know, finished, dusted. This is the toilet window and it arrived today. So this weekend I'll be installing that. Fun. Is it uh, frosted or, or transparent? It is frosted. Um, uh, <laughs> not living on the edge. <laughs> Well, it depends. It's either going to be, I think it's going to be more my, my neighbors that are going to be living on the edge if it was clear. <laughs> They've just set down, well, I say just, it's been a couple of weeks, put down a, a Queenslander next to us on super high stilts. And my, they're busy renovating at the moment. My toilet window <laughs> looks straight into their kitchen. So into their back door. So I mean, that's probably what they want to watch while they're cooking up a delicious <laughs> roast on a Sunday. Yeah, so it was um, frosted. I really wanted to do the to do casement windows on the whole house. Yeah, but I quickly learned that sliding windows are far cheaper and um, far more economical. So I just went with a sliding window. Hopefully, the rest of the house will all have casement windows. 
I had a, uh, I saw a video you put, I think it was Instagram, might have been Facebook, um, of a Maggie on a outdoor table. Is that your veranda? Oh, oh, yeah, no, so this, no, oh, jeez, I wish. Yes, <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> wow. That was overlooking a, a, a golf course an hour south of Adelaide, in, right. which was a country club. So on last week, Thursday and Friday, I was down in Adelaide for my day job, right. presenting to some clients down there. Man, it was good to be back in Adelaide. Um, and yes, I woke up um, that morning at this accommodation and there was this, this bird out there. Which, yeah, it was beautiful. It was so cool. I love, I love that, um, that sound of the magpie. We don't get them in South Africa, so it was yeah, yeah. incredibly novel. And to have one sitting on the, my, basically on my doorstep with me standing right in front of it. I mean, clearly it was waiting for food or something from me. Yeah, it's been conditioned for it. But I'm going to just r- romanticize the moment. And uh, yeah, he was singing to me that morning. Oh, it was beautiful. I remember a few, few years ago, I was working with an um, English touring company on one of the theater shows I was doing. And there was our, you know, the, the classic crows that we get in WA on the roof there. And they were just, you know, crawl, clawing around. And all these British guys were going, mate, I think there's a sheep on your roof. I'm like, no, it's a crow. It's just a bird. No, no, it's a sheep. Listen to it. Come, come. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's just a crow. <laughs> Had to go up into this room and listen and confirm that it was just a crow and not a sheep on a, I don't know, 20 meter high building's roof. It's quite I, funny. I didn't realise that there were crows in um, WA. I thought that was yeah. a, an East Coast thing in Australia. No, we, we got lots of crows. I love crows. I remember, when, crows. I remember when I saw my first crow, it was amazing. Because it, it was just, a crow is such an iconic, you read about them, but when you don't grow up with them, in South Africa we don't have crows, you have all this mystery about them, and to see the first one, and then, you know, Adelaide crows, of course. Yeah. Was, was super cool. Yeah. No, I like crows. Crows are cute. Really smart. So someone's just said in the chat, you fellas must be cold in your shops tonight. Man, I wish I was cold. It was I so good. In, it was so good in Adelaide to actually feel the cold again. But now I'm, I'm sure you can see the, the, the shimmer on my bald head. That's all sweat. Well, I've got enough cold for both of us. So I'll send some your way. <laughs> So I wanted to talk about tonight, um, we've got tax time coming up and I know anyone is in the chat is listening um, or anyone in the chat who's listening who runs their own business, this might be a bit of an issue for you. Mm. Um, here in Australia, we have something called the um, tax write-off. Is that what it's called, John? You bought a car uh, last year with it? Yeah, be, be careful though, because it's not approved in the next budget. So we, we last financial year, so the one that's just been, has still got the $20,000 tax break, but this financial year it's not actually been approved yet. Right, now I thought that it was approved. I, I saw all the articles and I'm pretty sure it's on the website. So if I was to buy myself a $20,000 asset now, yep. and then, wait, sorry, yeah, so for 2017 to 2018, if I was to buy, have bought it, yep. would I be able to claim it now? You can, but to do that, you need to be operating as, with a, what's it called, small, uh, what's it called, project pool or something, or asset project pool. Mm-hmm. It's a specific way that you 
run your business and taxes. Um, so basically any assets that you have under $20,000, you can claim instantly. Anything over that, you claim depreciation like you tra- traditionally would. Mm. But you can't just chop and change. Like So if you've started with this pool of assets, I think it's called small business asset pool for memory. But is, isn't it just, it's got to be one asset. It's not, isn't No, you can have as many as you want. But I mean, you can't you can't claim multiple things under the twenty thousand. The twenty thousand has to be one single item, isn't it? So any given item can be up to twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. But you can have multiples throughout that year. Um, but the thing is, is you need to still be in the like be earning enough to make it a full write off. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Someone's just said that. Yeah. You can't. The business can't be running at a loss. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for me, last year, like last financial year, I could claim. So, the way that 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 pool works is that I bought this laser. That was whatever it was. But I also had to pay for the freight company to get it over customs clearance and the um, like. Say there was an install as well. Hmm. All of that can be part of that deduction. Um because that is all the costs involved with getting it set up and working in your workshop. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. So it's not necessarily just the value of the asset, it's it's everything, okay. Yeah, uh, but you know, for, for people like us, most likely it's gonna be that you bought a new router. Well, that can go into your, your business pool and you can claim that off instantly. You don't have to worry about depreciation. It yeah. used to be like $1,500 was the cap and then anything over that you claim depreciation and that's a whole different kettle of fish yeah all right so but you reckon that might not be the case for next year well it's it's in the proposed budget and going off that the fact that it's been approved for the last two i think it will go ahead Mm. but at this point in time it's not approved so we can't just say that this financial year goes by a thousand dollar and you'll be able to write it off. And and when do they when do they approve it? Is it at the end of the year? End of yeah, end of year. Yeah. So basically, like if if you're saying that your income for that year has been one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and then you go into your small business pool and you say that you're claiming instant um, write off on twenty five thousand dollars worth of machinery, then that brings your taxable income down because you've basically used that instant mm. write-off to, to basically lower it down. My understanding. I mean, yeah. I have an account that does all this for me, but um, I didn't. And I got myself into a whole heap of trouble with not doing it properly. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be the first year that I've actually, because it seems like just yesterday that I was getting destroyed um, at the <laughs> at the, t- the tax plan because of this is my second income. Mm. Uh, this is the first year that I've properly, well, 95% properly recorded absolutely every income and expense, you know, down to the the GoDaddy uh, domain costs, domain, yeah. you know, and I'm almost balanced. I'm about a hundred bucks out. So I'm, well, I'm, that's, that's pretty damn good. I'm pretty happy with that. I uh, had like $20,000 missing at one stage because I didn't do... I, I entered stuff wrong in my, my books. That was scary. And then I found it, luckily. <laughs> you know, last year, I walked out of that tax office and I was like, what? I have got ended up getting taxed. I think I made an income 
of, it was pretty low. I think it was about, it was either two or three grand. Mm. I got taxed like 800 bucks. Is that right? Just because it was a second income, the guy was like, look, yeah. I'm sorry that it's going to be high. So I walked out of that and I was like, I'm going to make sure that absolutely every single thing that I spend gets, gets um, itemized. And I was so good for about two or three months. And then that's, you relax mm-hmm. and it creeps in. And now it was bad. Receipts this tall on your desk and you think, oh, stuff it. I'll do I'll, the next one. I'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, when was it? About a month ago. I was like, I like, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I think I was about $1,400 out. And I was like, where's this all gone? And I'd sat for about four hours one night, just on and off, just going through, checking, da, 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 managed to find it and bring it all back. So I can totally see why you needed an accountant for a, for a business. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I did. I wish I got a accountant from day one because like, Right now, life would be so much more straightforward just having it implemented properly from day one, but I'm still chasing my tail from stuff I messed up two years ago. Mm. Like, um, like I didn't realize that there was a whole category of tax where it was just cost of sales. So if you've had to buy something for, for a job, well, that's the category you put it in. And I was like putting it in all these random categories like office expense because it was paper. And so I, I just messed up that first year big time. Yeah. But... So the reason I was asking about the, the tax is I think it's high time that I look into getting myself a table saw. And yep. um, I feel like I've got to a point now with the business where I'm not making a lot, but I'm making enough that I can actually start saving towards that table saw. And I've mentioned a few times in the past that I'm really interested in the, the saw stop purely because obviously it's got that, that safety measure. And a lot of people have said, with or without the safety measure, build st- quality, still a yeah. good saw. You know, you're not you're not going to go wrong. So you've you've used the saw, or you're still using the saw? Uh, I've used one. I got rid of it because it was one. It was a bit too small, and I did have a few faults with it. With it um, having dodgy cartridges just going off when it's sitting on top of the bench and stuff like that, which was annoying. <laughs> Crack yeah, it, it was just like, okay, thanks, cartridge. Cool. Thanks for that. And then <laughs> you can't use the saw without a cartridge installed. And it was a, like, I think it was Friday. And I rang Carbotech, who at the time were the only people that stocked them. Now they're basically everywhere. Uh, and they had no stock in the state on cartridges, a vital part to run that machine. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I realized I should have had a spare, but the thing is, I didn't. So. Yeah, that's awful. T- yeah, so I was like without a saw for several days. And then uh, I, I actually ended up ripping the motor power straight out of the switch and plugging it directly into the wall because I needed the saw to be running mm. and there was no other way of me doing it. Now, I don't say you should do this and saw stop would probably have a heart attack hearing that that's what <laughs> I did. But the thing is, their supply, I couldn't help me. So I had to think of my feet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, but, that's really, I guess it's, is that bad on Carbotech or is that bad on SourceStop for not? Oh, that's Carbotech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, so, oh, I don't know if this is inside information. Who cares? I'll say it. Um, so Timbercon has to buy their SourceStops through Carbotech because Carbotech have the, the rights or whatever. 
And then when Timbercon went on, this was not that long after they they went on um, to order some cartridges for it. Apparently, it had like a thousand in stock. And I'm pretty sure it's because I complained to Source Top saying that your supplier doesn't have it. So uh, I reckon they might have said, yeah, you have to have X amount of cartridges in, in stock at any given time. So they just got thousand of them. Yeah. But it was quite funny. So um, I'm looking at the, all the different Source Tops. Which was the one that you had? Uh, mine was the bottom, well, at the time. So I think it's the contractor, is it, where it's still got... The motor on the back. It's not the job site saw. It's the next it's one. The next up. one up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so and you, I had the long rails on it. Right. So it looks like you get it's the job site saw, the contractor, um, and then there's and then, the next one. It was, it's three or four levels. I can't remember if it was three or four. Yeah. There's like a contractor, then there's a cabinet, and then there's a professional cabinet. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So there's four. So the premium, the the professional cabinet comes in at, I think it's about four and a half grand. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that I'm looking at. Is, am I wasting my money buying that when I don't even have a, a level floor that, you, you know, to work with? Like, or am I wasting my money considering I've been totally fine without a table saw up till now? So what's the point? I would not, I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, my battery's running low. Hang on, sorry. You're right. If I don't plug that in, uh, I would die. I, I, I'm in two minds about saying you're wasting your money and you're not. One is, yes, you are going to get a killer saw and it will last you for years if you do that. Like, you'll never have to upgrade it. You'll just need to do maintenance, like repair stuff mm. when it breaks. But is it overkill for what you want? Like, what is it that you want to get out of that saw? Because four and a half thousand dollars, you could get the smaller saw, like the contractor saw, if it will do the job, and then have cash set aside to also get a bigger joint or or a, or a better thickness or all, you know, like a, an additional tool that will also help you with mm. your woodworking. Um, oh, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. It's not just you won't just have money left over you'll have money left over to help you improve your job in, in a, other ways. In other yeah. ways, yeah, okay. So, so, like, I had the contractor saw because I moved out of my big workshop with the old Wodkin panel saw, and then I moved into a garage between spaces, and this was the best small saw that I could get for the space I was working in. Mm. Um, and as far as it doing the job, it actually handled everything I threw at it it maybe bogged down on full rip cuts with like the full 50 mil of blade exposed, but every saw does that. Even my massive yeah. five horsepower panel saw does that from time to time. So like it depends on what you're wanting to use it for. Mm. Um, so so how do you see a table saw fitting into your workflow? What sort of materials would you, you be working with? Yeah, so it's never going to be, you know, I'm not going to be running... Um, What's it? You know, fifty mil thick iron bark through it. I'm I'm probably never going to be running you know something heavy like that, um, and certainly never on not on a regular basis. That'll be the the one off. Yeah. And, and I've heard from a lot of people that yeah, you're over in the states. Their one hundred and ten volt version will still get through that. You've just got to take it a bit easier. 
one of the main reasons why I was looking at this, and maybe this answers the question is, I want this to be the first and last table, so I buy. So I, right now, I probably don't need it for the type of work that I'm going to be yeah. doing. But I, I want it to be the last table saw that I buy. And, and that's my thinking. Like even for, for me, I probably wouldn't go the pro cabinet. I'd just go the cabinet if I was to go a saw stop again mm. because the pro cabinet, I think that's got a bigger motor in it, like a four horsepower instead of a three. Does that sound I th- right? I think it was three. The three instead of a two? Might maybe? have been, yeah. Yeah. But like I had the contractor and that thing really did work on everything. And that was like one and a half horse. So that's the main thing that you're getting. Yeah, you get the built-in casters, I guess, with the pro cabinet. So moving it around is maybe a little bit better because it's built-in, not add-on. Mm. But the fence is basically the same. Uh, I think the dust collection is the same. Like you still get the overarm hood with it. The table's is the same? Like a big thing. Is, is the table the same? Sorry, I, am I lagging or are you lagging? Oh, looks Oop. like we've lost Jordan. So I'm just looking in the chat. We've got, um, well, I'm not going to try and say that name. <laughs> Get a track saw to start with. I have looked at track saws in the past. Um, we've talked about track saws in the past, myself and Jordan, and they seem like a super cool idea. But I just get the impression that the track saw, while it is cool and it does work well, there's something about using the table and pushing the piece over the table that is always going to end up, well, no, not always, 95% of the time going to make life easier. You know, in the same way that you get a router table, in the same way that you get a, a um, instead of using a power planer, you get a, a a jointer. Yeah. That's my only concern with going the track saw route. I like I think that a track saw is a really good supplementary tool for breaking sheets down and then taking it to the panel saw mm. or table saw, sorry. Uh not necessarily a replacement for the table saw. So like if you're looking for a table saw, a, tra- a track saw isn't going to get you done. It's a sheet processing thing. Whereas a table saw, it does joinery for you. Chuck a dado stack on that. You've got a miter bar. You can do bevels, mm. compound angles. Like there's so much more you can do with a table saw that a track saw cannot do, or at least not do as accurately. And it's it's those it's those repeatable cuts. You know, I've got a one of these. Um, it's just an MDF like track saw equivalent that you clamp on and, and run mm. through and it, it works well it does it does the job but I, I still use it and think oh man if only i had a table saw I could, so i could do repeated cuts so i had a a nice flat bed to work on so i don't need to raise things up off my workbench to cut over the, you know all those little things and and you know you could completely argue that this is total first world problems but this goes back to i want one table saw and i want it to be yeah. to be a good table saw. So just before um, we were talking about the, the table on the, the premium saw versus the contract saw, it's the same quality, the same material? Uh, I think so. So I, the contractor comes with like stamped steel extension wings or you can upgrade to the cast iron and then it's like 
pretty similar. I'm pretty sure that the working area is obviously going to be smaller on a cabinet on the contractor saw compared to the cabinet saw, but um, I think the two cabinet saws, like the cabinet saw stand and the pro, mm. I think they're the same. It's been a really long time since I've actually gone and looked at the two saws side by side in the showroom, but mm. from memory, they look like they're pretty damn close. The other thing was the fences. You've got the premium or the you've got the premium rail and the T glide, and I haven't been able to find out what the difference is between the two. Uh, yeah, okay. I, ooh, that's the first. Um, I, yeah, I know. It seems like there's some some. Is this on the cabinet saw or on the on the contractor? I think the contractor's got both, but I know the cabinets have both. You get the okay. you get the bottom one, which has the pre. It's called the premium rail. And then you get the the 36 and 52, which have inch, which have the T glide. So you mm. would assume that the T glide is the better one. Yeah, I think I had the T glide, which is the Bezemeyer style fence, where it's it's just the rail at the back, and you clamp down, and it's just it's there. It's rigid. Maybe the premium has a clamp at the back as well to really lock it in. In my experience, I've had that style and the Bezemeyer or Bezemeyer style. Mm. And the ones that clamp at the back are prone at clamping, not square. Like, because when you have the ah. T-style and you lock that handle down, it's, it squares itself up. But if you're clamping at the back and the front and it's at, on a skewed angle, then it's just going to clamp itself on that skewed angle. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, so the, yeah, so the T-glide, as I say, that seems like the better one, the more expensive one. And now I get why it's called the T-glide, because it's got a, a gigantic T um, yeah, perpendicular it's... to the rail. Or the fence, yeah, I, I know say. that, um, uh, what's his name, Paul, the wood knight, Paul mm. Jen Jenkins? Jenkins, yeah. Jenkins. Um, he's had a few, like, issues with his fence on his contractor not being flat. I think it's still square. But it comes down to that argument as well of how flat does it need to be. If mm. the work pieces you're working on are 30 centimetres, then the flatter section has to be probably 20 centimetres to make sure you're riding the high spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? So Lee Vela in the chat has, has just uh, commented, how did you get by without a table saw? And this is, this is one of the pivotal, and I, I mentioned it earlier, one of the pivotal reasons why I'm asking this question about spending all the money. I, there have been times when I wish I'd had a table saw, but I've never not been able to get by with it, or without it, I should say. So again, this comes back to the, you know, what we, I guess what you're saying, Jordan, about why do you want a table saw? And I guess why I would spend four and a half grand on getting one of the best, one of the best saw stops. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just stupid to spend that type of money on it. I mean, I, I would be hesitant to do it, especially like in a shop that size to get that quality. If you weren't worried about having the saw stop feature, which is, you know, if it makes contact with you, it stops itself, then there is other really good brands out there, like the Laguna saws, which are, uh, who sell them? I can't remember, but they're, they're somewhere in Queensland that sells them. Like, those are awesome saws, and they're probably, I, I don't know if they're half the price, but they do come in at well under, mm. with the build quality being really close. So... You could get the similar capacity um, cabinet style saw from a different manufacturer for less price, or you could get the saw stop, which is, I'm not gonna lie, it is the best quality saw I've used in that mm. style, but it is at that hugely inflated price because of the 
the safety feature that they've gone a very long way to patent so no one else can use it. Yeah. And then if you go up to panel saw, what are you, you know, what type of money are we talking then? Uh, new or secondhand? New. Uh, for a good one, probably about 10. Right, okay, so it's... For, and, th- and that's an entry level, like that's not a good one. That's an entry level good one. Yeah. You're looking at 30 grand for like a high-end one, which is ridiculous. Yeah, okay, so that's a so panel saw, not even not even on the on the cards. No. Not, like not, to, not to say that I wouldn't buy secondhand, but you know, then I'm at the mercy of what's available. Yeah. One, one thing that you could look into and something that I'm actually considering if, if things go well with this workshop idea is get yourself a combination machine, which is to say that you've got like the Minimax, I think it's called a C10 or something, where you've got the table saw with a sliding, a real sliding table, not an attachment. And then on the other side, you've got the jointer and thicknesser. And then you've also got a spindle molder. And then you're almost equipped to do any task in one machine. Mm. Workflow is not the best. But you spend a little bit more, like maybe eight grand, but you have every tool that you need for that job. Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different kettle of fish, though. Like, it's not. Yeah, past a, past a table saw, I can't... The, uh, the next thing that I'd be looking, in would, looking at would be something like a uh, router table. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of... Or, or a drum sander. But after talking to you guys, it sounds like it's more, <laughs> more work more than, hassle. More yeah. hassle than anything. I can't think of another tool that I actually need. Oh, sorry, uh, a bandsaw is another one to, to get a yeah. nice bandsaw for ripping. But again, you know, you know, a table saw bandsaw is never going to be a combination. I mean, if someone invents it, it's going to be pretty incredible. So yeah, tape, table saw is like for me, it's the last, it's the last tool. I, I don't yeah. think I'm going to need something else soon after that. Yeah. And also think about uh, your workflow, like how you think you'll fit that in because the professional cabinet saw is a big saw, mm-hmm. even in the smallest configuration. So like think about do you need that size in your workshop? Um, yeah. I think like I think by the looks of it, everything I've seen in your workshop, you've probably got the space for it, and especially if you combine an outfeed table as a workbench. Like you wouldn't be having an issue there. Yeah, so I've got... But it is one thing to consider. Yeah, this, um, now I don't know what this is in inches, but I've got at, at least, I think it's either 2.4, 2.7 meters between my posts. Mm. So what would a 36 or 30 inch saw fit in that? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. It wouldn't be that big. God. It'd be pretty big if it that, didn't fit between that. That's bigger that. than a full sheet. Yeah, no, that, that, well, it would fit between that. That's That's always been my concern even if i did want to go the panel saw route yet you know with these with these two posts under here just not going to work so interesting all right well yeah i feel like in the next six months i've been passively saving and now i'm going to start actively saving i feel like i'm going to get pretty close very interesting with what everyone's saying in the comments um People going from don't waste your money to absolutely waste your money, which I guess you just got to decide what's right for you. So yeah, I don't. I, I'll see what it comes down to. But yeah, I think I definitely want to go that saw stop uh, route. Just having that safety on there. I know a lot of people say you shouldn't be operating a saw with the safety oh. in mind, but I just think why not? Yeah, and and the thing is, crap happens. 
and you can say as much as you are. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm. Well, guess what? Chances are that you will end up being that guy one day. You so weren't that guy. If you've got the part, I, well, it's a different different machine, so I can't really claim it. But yeah, yeah. Just think if your if your jointer had um, had a break. I don't want to see a break that could stop a jointer that size with a motor that big. <laughs> that would be yeah. scary. <laughs> it would Blow- be like a couple of anvils just dropping down. <laughs> I was going to say blows your legs out in the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a, on a slightly different note, um, you have a full bore drill press. Yes, right there. Yeah, I saw it in the background there. So I've been meaning to talk to you about this for a while. I see we're a bit short of time, so I won't, we won't sit in this for too long. I bought my drill press, which also happens to be a full, full bore pedestal drill press. Oh, you got suckered in too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when was that? That was about a year ago. And I did a video of the unboxing, putting it together, never used a drill press before. And I always promised I was going to do like a follow-up on my thoughts. Just haven't got around to it. And I keep getting the, the occasional post uh, uh, comments. So what do you think of the saw? Has it done well? And in my mind, not being a, a full-time woodworker, it's pretty good. Does the job. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with your drill press? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm unhappy with it. And I've said it to, like, everyone that's asked me, I said, if you don't think you'll use it a lot, it's fine. Mm. But if, um, if it's something you see yourself doing, like, mortises with force bits and stuff like that, get a bigger one. So my, my issue with it is that the table is not square. Uh, so, up, so obviously you can tram it in one way, but mm. like, left and right of the blade or the, the bit, but up and down... It's not square. Ah. And the only way that I could fix that until I had the metal lathe, and I fixed it now, but was to put a shim behind a yoke and then tighten it down onto the shim. But when there's a shim in there, then the point of contact is literally two or three points of contact. And no matter how tight I, I tighten that down, if I put anything bigger than, like, I don't know, a small board on it, the whole thing would rotate. Just cocks, yeah. Um, so, like, I, I've fixed it by putting that the uh the cast iron table into my lathe and i put it in at a skewed angle and i skimmed it off oh, so i faced yeah. that plate to have an angle in it which is like annoying because now i can't rotate the table if i want it to stay square yeah. but at least it's square now I, um, I haven't noticed mine was it was it substantially out uh yeah so like on a 150 mil square which is like a four inch square i think or five inch square uh, from the top to the bottom, it was probably one and a half mil, which is an eighth of an inch, roughly. So Jeez. it was a substantial amount. So I, I haven't noticed that, but to be fair, I haven't checked it for a while, so I should probably have a look at that. Um, I've never noticed it, but yeah, that's interesting, because yeah. I wonder if it's all of them across the board or if you just got the lemon. If I, exactly. And like, you know, that's the only thing which I don't like about it. Um, I've upgraded it to have a better chuck because the one that came with it didn't close down to less than one and a half mil or something. Yeah. I use a lot of very yeah. skinny bits, so I upgraded the chuck on it, and that was a good upgrade. Um, what is, what does it cost that, to get a what's what's what am I looking at for a chuck? Oh, a Chinese one you could get for sixty bucks, like a good Chinese one, mm. or if you're looking at a genuine Jacobs, a couple of hundred. So <laughs> I think right, the one okay. I got on there is probably about a hundred dollars. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I thought that would probably be the first thing that I'd end up upgrading because yeah. I did have to reset it once because there was a bit of drift on it. And it was right. when I moved it from my one house to the next, plugged it in, yeah, and there was a fair bit of drift. So I imagine that would be the first thing that would go. Yeah. But no, I mean, all in all, it's, for the price, it's a bloody good unit. Like, mm. not not high-end by any means. It's definitely not heavy-duty, but it does the job. Yeah. Interesting. I'll be, I'll, what I should actually do is, um, well, actually, I think I did mention that to someone in the past to say that uh, Jordan Crawford or Periodic Furniture Studio is using it in a professional environment. So, you know, how bad can it be? <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty good. The one thing I always run into with this one is that I want a, I want a hole in the middle of a board which is 10 mil further than its reach. So it hasn't got enough kind of throat to it. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, that, yeah. That's just for the stuff I'm doing. It's not, you know, yeah. it's kind of funny. But my new one's big. Cool. All right. Um, what you been watching this week? Anything interesting? Oh, I've just been watching Roadkill, which is a Motor Trend On Demand series. Sorry, Roadkill? Yeah, it's a car thing. Two American guys from Hot Rod Magazine. Uh, they drive around America picking up absolute pieces of crap, fixing them up, yeah. and then driving and blowing up on the side of the road and then fixing them up and keep driving. And <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's fun. Sounds yeah. pretty interesting. It's not really anything to do with woodworking or making <laughs> in general, but <coughs> that's what I've been watching. Man, I have not been watching like hardly anything woodworking related at the moment. Um, is the content changing on YouTube? Uh, I don't know. I, like, I have a feeling, to me, when I watch most of the stuff that's out there now, I'm getting kind of bored of yeah. the same thing. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's just me because I do it every day and I'm also in a bit of a lull with not wanting to be doing it, like, so much mm. in the way that I've been doing it. So I don't know if it's my, like, impression of it. Or if it is actually changing. But, like, I look at, is it Mike Montgomery with that Mike? Mike Builds, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I watch that stuff, and I'm like, it's all the same. I mean, it's, it's good not, video. It's not, it's not bad, but, yeah. No, no, it's yeah. good video, but it's just everything is the same thing. And then, yeah. like, you know, I'm not saying his projects aren't good or his video style isn't good or his presentation isn't good. It's just, I'm just not finding it that interesting. Like, anyway, the last good thing I watched was the, the Cuffy's Cop, which was... Like, I sat down and watched the whole thing through and through without, um, without like, skipping through at all. And that's yeah. the first thing in a long time. So, shout out to Cuffy. Yeah, this, this could be a topic for a whole episode in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, the, the two videos that did stand out for me this week, Scott Turner, um, I think it's Form Industrious is how you say it, or Forme Industrious. Uh, he's a local Townsville guy. He made a, a coffee table with some fabricated metal legs which is a really cool design. Uh, the, the video is doing very well on YouTube and totally deserves it. I, I guess that hits on your point of it's, um, it's something different, it's something interesting. Mm. The other one was, was Neil from Pask Makes with his, um, his mortiser, which is pretty oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of cool actually, I did watch that. But yeah, the rest of the stuff, yeah, it's, it's all very, very samey-samey you, I guess you can't, you can't 
have week in and week out of new stuff that's just not practical. And TV shows have lifespans for a reason. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I must say, I'm. I'm. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm. I, every week we do this segment where we talk about a video that's come out, and I want to believe that I'm just not opening my horizons enough, because yeah, the a lot of the videos. I don't want. To, I don't want to talk about another coffee table that someone's someone's yeah, brought up. Yeah, exactly. And as a content creator, it's really hard to get motivated to put a video out because I'm feeling that everything is the same that I'm putting out, and I don't. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Absolutely. So that 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 wood sheath that I've made is for me. I'm totally happy with it, but I know it's probably not going to do very well because it's not that good of a of a video. It's a pretty. Mm. It's a pretty average thing maybe five years ago an average video like that would have been acceptable but now when you've got uh ben Ueda making plywood staircases like my little yeah. my little wood sheath is pretty average yeah it's a hard one isn't it yeah and it's like to keep that motivation going is something but i mean i'm feeling really motivated right now because it's something different for me anyway is the surfboard videos which will come out when i get my bloody laser tube um which was funny story there i paid for a tube and power supply in one i got a package like from them and it was just the power supply great anyway <laughs> this bloody laser of yours <laughs> yeah yeah apparently the tube will be here on thursday so mm. We'll see. But yeah, like I'm excited because that's different and I don't think there's much else on YouTube like that. I mean, I'm sure there's other guys doing it. I haven't actually Googled it myself, mm. but like it's not something that's that usual or common. So that's something I'm looking forward to and hopefully people will like it. Yeah, you can forge your own, your own path. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, that'll be the show for tonight. Thanks to everyone in the, the chat for... All the, the points about the different saw stop saws, I'll go through that later and, and uh, really dive into what you guys have said. I appreciate the thoughts and suggestions. John, anything else? Just by calling you Joey for a second. Wow, I'm tired. Right. <laughs> anything else you want to add before we head off? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. If you're coming to the Wood Show, just come say hi at the TimberCon stand. It will be cool if the boss sees me getting a lot of people come around the stand so that's in perth on friday perth. till sunday whereabouts yeah i think it's next week actually uh where is it claremont showgrounds fifth sixth and fourth fifth and sixth i think of august jeez it feels like there's a lot of wood shows on at the minute hey you yeah, had a, sydney you had a Wisa, the then there's yeah sydney yeah it's all going on yeah it's gonna be fun Cool. All right, everyone, thanks very much for uh, tuning in or listening in or watching uh, on YouTube. I uh, hope you all have a very good week, and we'll see you again same time next Tuesday. Bye.